Hi everyone, away Friday na. It's March 3, 2023 and you're still watching Awesome 10X Investing YouTube channel. This is Nikki and I am here to discuss the global market updates. Okay, um, for those who are new here, please don't forget to like and subscribe the YouTube channel. I try to send every Friday a weekly recap or at the very least, um, not necessarily a recap but what's really moving the markets and what I believe would be actionable ideas for you. Now, I'm also going to share uh, my Twitter, which is at FacelessTrader. For those who are new, please follow me on Twitter. This is my handle. Wait up. Let me share my screen here. So my Twitter handle is at FacelessTrader, and you can see that um, I tweet a lot, uh, very, very much. I tweet a lot. You can see that I talk about the U.S. markets, the Hong Kong markets. Uh, there are times that I will also tweet about the Philippine markets. Uh, of course, if, you're, uh, if you have questions, I do not directly message anyone out there you can you can you can ask me through comments so let's say i tweet something then you have questions just you know comment on the tweet and i'll try to answer whatever it may be um yun so that's it pansit let's talk about the markets uh let's present to you today's uh slides here you go Today is March 3, 2023, another options expiry day. And uh, we are positive on China and commodities. We are mixed on the U.S. When I say mixed, we are a, a bit of a bear, a bit of neutral. Um, some names we're willing to buy. Uh, so far, SPY39 is holding. But uh, we're... Uh, we're we're not that uh, no, we're not that compelled to go bull on U.S. <clears throat> So I think that um, a bullish case could be made in China. We saw very strong economic expansionary data. Um, and the market actually um, really uh, uh, reacted well on it. Uh, let, me, let me share to you a few um, data so on, 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 um, on China. Not just the, uh, not just the PMI. Oops, sorry. Online. Whoa. Sorry, sorry. Um, Teka, teka. Yeah, yeah. Merong shiner si Reuters na data today. Kanin pang umaga yun eh. Kanin ko pa nabasa. Um, but the point is that uh, we had two back-to-back -back strong data actually in China. Makikita mo yun eh. Um, so yung China PMI reading being up uh, 52.9. Uh, you've got uh, steel uh, and iron ore prices recovering. There's uh, copper. Uh, basically, China really ramped up a lot on the re reopening recovery. We've seen quite a substantial move in terms of um, indices for the last three days, starting March 1, March 2, March 3. Malakas talaga yung flows in China, i.e. Hong Kong. Let's show to you Hang Seng Index here, guys. Um, HSI here. 
So after falling from the peak of Jan 30 here where we shorted, we actually covered our shorts here on March 1 and reversed to the long side. So for the last three days, fresh na fresh, we were buying some Chinese names. Um, let's take a look on uh, some of the names that have be been really, really strong in China. Um, uh, take note that we have been bulls on China ever since this one, October 25, this one, October 25 until of 7, yan, we were uh, bullishly buying Chinese uh, shares. Uh, and then we we were starting to get a little bit cautious here actually, 20,000 to 23,000. We were thinking na baka topish a bit or may console. And then this pullback is a healthy reset actually for some names to have some profit taking, some solid basing, etc. Okay, so um, a few names that I personally went in uh, so far. Easy names first, no? Take a look on the big caps first. Um, in Hang Seng, you'll always be taking a look on the big names like Alibaba and Tencent. So I did try to nibble here on Alibaba at 88. You can see that your 700 Tencent, I haven't bought it back yet, uh, but it is still very, very strong here, consolidating above $300. Um, there was a little bit of a profit taking here from about 415 to 340. I would see a consolidation. I'll wait here about 320 before entering 10 cent. If I don't have an entry, not not a not a problem because I'm not that bullish on the gaming industry either. Um, so far, I also took a stab, a little lang nibble lang muna, little nibble here on JD.com, which is retail sector, uh, similar to the Alibaba, but more on the e-commerce um, retail segment. Yeah, number two e-commerce in China and the largest logistics network in China. So JD is uh, here at about 185 ngayon. I, I, I nibbled at about 179. So um, anywhere from 177 to 180, I'm willing to uh, nibble a little. Uh, pero we can obviously see some strong resistances here above 220 for uh, JD.com, a.k.a. 9618. All right, so those are the few names that I obviously take a look at when it comes to China tech. But... Um, I also want to show to you a few Chinese names for your, uh, just, you know, that doesn't mean that I buy them, but um, some of the high beta names uh, are the live streaming names like uh, Bilibili, Kwai Show. So far, this one, after rallying 250%, made the pullback, and so far, consolidate si Bilibili. We're seeing that even the unprofitable names in tech, like Kwai Show Technology, dropping here and then consolidating upwards. We're seeing uh, unprofitable names like Meituan after falling big here, some um, some console, uh, some some basing out. I'm not bullish on these names, but I look at it as an indication that um, there's money flow even in the worst names uh, in tech. Now, let's also take a look at a few names here, guys, on some very, very strong energy names. Let's take a look at the big ones. Better China 857, very, very strong here. We did recommend uh, to buy even as high as about 334. Um, we mentioned it in November. Uh, I tweeted about it, guys, here. Um, actually, ni retweet ko. No? So, nung November 7, 2022, we said, idle cash ng balance ng, uh, for, for your idle cash in IDKR can earn about 3% interest. But if papatulugin mo, i.e. you're going to sleep uh, at uh, at 941, a.k.a. China Mobile, the largest telecom network, 5G network in China, you get 7% dividend yield. 
and you get a seven times P multiple. Anyway, Hong Kong dollar and US dollar are pegged, so you don't have to worry about currency depreciation. And then um, the same thing, um, 857 and 386 were also giving very huge dividends. So we said that it was a decent parking place. So far, um, since that tweet, 941, which paid 7% dividends a year, so far appreciated 20% to 30% since that time frame. Now, at you know, we made the buy call about 46.48. This was the exact prices, 48.4, 3 3.37, 4.857. Um, and you can see that 857 from 337 here is now trading at 427. 941, China Mobile, we made a buy call here at about 48 area. It's now 62. Uh, for those asking me who followed the China Mobile play, I'm looking to sell roughly $70 pa. Uh, why am I looking at $70? Not because I'm greedy. I can see those tops here or topish areas here, but... Because um, China Mobile pays $3.50. That's why we knew that at $50 below, it was a buy area. Um, even if it fell 45 or 40, would have bought it for the dividend yield alone. Um, and, uh, and the cash flows, uh, not necessarily because, uh, yeah, because there's no cut in dividends on China Mobile um, with, with buyback programs. Yeah. Now, um, I think that at 70 above, that's when I'll start being cautious because 70 above, that's when the yield on China Mobile becomes 5%. Yun. Um, I generally think the Chinese oil and gas companies were getting killed last year for no reason, even when their financials and cash flows were doing well. So it's, uh, it's a good thing that uh, all the petroleum companies in China are actually back in the groove. You can see that this has been 3 to 450, 311s here. Now it's about near 450, nearing resistance. You can see that for 883 CNOC, so um, right now CNOC is uh, near resistance also here at about $12. I'll, I'll be discussing some commodity picks for you guys. Uh, for commodities, take a look at China's Jiangxi Copper. We're kind of bullish on Jiangxi Copper because as uh, I, I'm not sure if I've told you, but I did some deep dive on copper. Uh, for the Austin 10X members, we are bullish on copper, oil, and gas because uh, secular-wise, um, we think that there is an, uh, a shortage and uh, and we we do need copper to, to electrify the future. Uh, it's necessary for all the electric vehicles, the transition to EV, very necessary to use copper for the elect, uh, for the wires. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, basically, there's a lot of fundamental reasons uh, to, to be bullish copper in my view. Um, so I'm just giving you a few picks here. Um, Jiangxi Copper, yes, I'm bullish here on these dips. You can see that here, a gap up at 10. Uh, I rally higher low here at 11.5. Still a significant entries again at 12. think that Jiangxi Copper is in a bullish reversal mode from its peak here in 2021 of 22. Had a, had a strong correction here at 8.8 .8 and it's ready to rev back up. So um, a bit of a clue on uh, copper, of course, is to take a look on uh, on copper place worldwide. So Freeport McMoran is also a pick in our view. This is the largest copper company in the world. You could see that as of uh, since about November, this has also been breaking above. You've got uh, 30 and higher low here at 36, higher low again at 40. We think that uh, actually Freeport McMoran did very well on earnings. I really like the number. I think that this was a healthy pullback and uh, and good moves back towards 50. So any any drops at 40 would be a good entry. 
uh, Freeport Macmoran would be a good point for uh, for for shareholders. Um, there's some dividends to 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 boot on on these types of commodity names, uh, and you can see that most of them are trading uh, quite at the at the low end in terms of their PE valuations. You can you can learn more on their valuations on a separate deep dive. Or, uh, yeah, um, you can actually join us in awesome10x.com. Uh, yes, I, I do a lot of uh, classes daily. Uh, please go to the website. Uh, this is awesome10x.com. I teach, uh, I trade, and I mean, I, I trade for myself, um, but you can follow my trades if you wish. Um, I mostly trade, but then again, I also would uh, give some fundamental ideas and investing ideas. For those who want to diversify their assets, uh, there are times when I'll tell you these are stocks that I think that are good to own, buy to own. These are stocks that I think are good good for trading, etc., etc. All right, so um, a few names that I think that are qualified for the buy and own are companies in the commodity space. So check out these companies like Freeport, McMoran. Uh, check out companies in the commodity arena. Um, now, in China, Hong Kong, you can see that a lot of reopening or cyclical consumer companies have been ramping up. Let's take a look at a few issues here. Um, one of the uh, strongest uh, moves have happened on milky companies uh, like Nayuki. Nayuki has been rising up, up and away ever since Nov. No? So you can see that it's now nearing back towards 9. Um, looks like these are um, very bullish movements. But uh, I'm still hesitant to know whether this is gonna be convincingly gonna break above, or it's a it's a rally and then it pop, pops back. No, so but something to watch out lang. Six eight six two or high below had news this week and uh, triggering that fifteen percent rally here from nineteen towards twenty two. High uh, below is planning to open more stores or reopen their. Uh, more restaurants, and it looks like Heidi Lau is also on the verge of uh, rallying again towards 30 or even higher. So watch out for these names. Looks like these are uh, consolidation reversal points in, uh, in in China for the restaurant sector. Let's watch also for uh, Heidi Lau, uh, Cafe de Coral, also take a look at 341. I'm looking at these restaurants uh, in China and Hong Kong presently. Um, because I believe that um, a strong indication of um, of reopening of the economy would would bode pretty well for a lot of these industries in the in the even in the restaurant segment or um, yeah restaurant services segment. No, so Cafe de Coral, I think it's worth watching here at about twelve. Uh, let's take a look also in uh, in some names such as. Um, so let's take a look at what happened in Miniso. Pretty strong, no? So Miniso is uh, trading in both the U.S. and Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, it's 9896. Actually, I had I, I gave a buy idea actually at 9, and uh, it blows my mind that that idea went almost like 4x within about 4-5 months. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I tweeted about it, and um, it blows my mind uh, as well I, I i didn't expect how good it would move uh so um yeah uh mini saw has been a breakaway winner all the way uh, there's no no resistance so far uh well at least in the hong kong stock market but if you look at mini saw because it's traded in uh, in the u.s actually ano eh sobrang lakas niya na uh, from about five it's now nearing 20 
I don't think it will actually reach 35 or something. So, medyo malakas talaga yung galaw ni Miniso. But um, I wouldn't chase this. Uh, pero congrats to anyone who actually held on all the way for Miniso. This is um, this is a significant move, though, to explain that uh, there are really significant buy flows happening in China, uh, which actually should make people be aware of a few things. Let's take a look on a few things here. Um, uh, for your information, uh, Pinto was Temu, Chinese retailer, chooses uh, chases cost-conscious Americans with low prices. You can check out the CNBC uh, recent. Um, interview um wherein um low price chinese retailer continues to grow uh shopping app is Timu has become the most downloaded shopping app in the united states despite tensions with china Yunus yun joins us right now with a look at the company's strategy Yunus, good morning or good evening there hey becky well timu is short for team up price down. The company sources from workshops like this one in the manufacturing town of Wenzhou, where the, the, a faux leather jacket can be made for $4 a piece. So the company says that it's able to pass on those, soft, those cost savings to American consumers by leveraging off the logistics network of its parent, China's NASDAQ-listed PDD. Chinese apparel maker Yan Pu had no idea how to sell to the U.S. until shopping app Timu came along. The overseas market is like an open ocean, he says. This jacket is the most sought-after item that Yan sells to his American customers. Before joining Timu, he had zero U.S. business. Now he sells 400 of these a month. The app, backed by Chinese-owned e-retailer PDD, launched last September and already has 24 million downloads in the U.S., the secret? Super low prices. Timu's bargain prices appeal to cost-conscious Americans. Right now, all of Yen's products on the site sell for under $60. He says Timu insists prices for his faux leather and fur jackets need to be lower than anywhere else, even China. Timu covers all his shipping to the U.S. and half in China. It handles his marketing on Twitter and Instagram and provides technology so he can easily swap out Chinese fashion models in his ads for Western ones. Amid tense U.S.-China relations, Timu downplays its Chinese roots. The company is headquartered in Boston. And nothing is more American than advertising during the Super Bowl, which is what Timu did. Yan is no NFL fan, but says the ad boosted his sales 30%. Customers don't care about the politics, he says. They just like our stuff. And yet, yeah, okay. So, um, I also believe in the same rhetoric that, um, basically, most Americans they don't really care much about these uh, wars or uh, rhetoric. Or, uh, I mean, of course, they believe that we have to save uh, Ukraine, but it's not to the point of really. Uh, trying to initiate war or, you know, already aggravate the tension between U.S. and China. So a few things, uh, Pintuato is, of course, uh, listed in that NASDAQ. I think it's a bit topish here, honestly, at about 110 here. But recently, uh, as you can see, since March 1, things a lot, things changed a lot uh, for 
for the Chinese market. Uh, we're triggering a lot of buyers here at 87. Then we had a very bullish engulfing for Pintuoto. I think that what's happening here is a very healthy consolidation right now for Pintuoto. And you may actually see something like a, like a, a long, a longer, I know, a longer basing out, like a healthy console. We'll see what, but the, my, my only problem with Pintoto is that this is quite uh, expensive versus, say, Alibaba or JD. So um, personally, I'm long on Baba and JD against Pintoto, but I'm not really uh, saying that Pintoto is going to go down or, you know, go bust. I just think that, uh, sure, it had very strong earnings. You can see that it's gone from $20 to $40 to $80 and then now over uh, nearing $100. Um it's gone up very strongly based on their re recent numbers, really. Almost all their earnings did well. Um, but <clears throat> but something to watch, actually. It's something to look at. I wouldn't uh, buy too high. Uh, I'll try to... Uh, sometimes if I don't buy high, I never uh, I never get the momentum moves then. But uh, I doubt that we'll really see a, a continuous V-shape rally for Pintuato. So I think like there might be some push and pull happening here at about 110. So I, I think that I'll get some entries somewhere at 85s or 70s. So I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, but uh, it's something to, to be cognizant of. of. Okay, um, wait up, wait up. Okay, so yeah, so for China Mobile, I think it's already been up, up in a way. It's, uh, it's been a good dividend play. A lot of the banks were getting in, a lot of uh, funds in my view. Um, something to also watch out for tonight, uh, which continues to be a good trade, would be looking at FXI, which are China large cap ETFs. Basically, we're seeing that after a 60% rally, it had a nice pullback. I think it's going to go back from 29s here towards the 34s. We look to make some bullish call opinions for uh, China large caps for the next month or next month and a half. So um, we're looking to buy near 28s or 29s here. Same thing for China bullish triple triple levered funds. Also looking on a bullish note here at about 49s or 48s or 50. Um, we can see that there was a very strong consolidation in the past here at about 20,000 area in Hang Seng. And that somehow is also um, your correlated area here for your yin, aka your China bull triple shares. Look at these levels, about 45, 47, 48, 49. This one looks uh, on the bullish side. Um, something to watch out, similar with um, similar with the Timu shopping app, which really is catering to the um, cost-conscious customers in America. You can see that there's a very huge pattern happening in all American spending right now. They're spending on consumer staples. It's very evident in the earnings of Costco, Target, and Walmart. I'm just going to read a few notes here. People are spending their dollars where they feel they should be spending them. This is what CEO Craig Jelinek said on a call with investors. The retailers saw an increase in sales in the fresh food, food, sun-dry categories, and weakness in big-ticket discretionary items with a drop in non-food items such as apparel, jewelry, and electronics. So guys, um, I think it should be very cognizant for your portfolios that for us, we think that the retail market is a tale of two, uh, two cities. Um, we're bearish on companies, say Nike, um, so companies like Apple or Dell or Best Buy, but quite bullish on companies like <clears throat> 
Uh, so Staples, um, well, the problem with Staples right now is that it's quite expensive too. It's not as if I'm going to buy Costco or Target or Walmart, but um, so I wouldn't. So I know that the discount variety, variety stores would be bought though if they drop. So um, I'm not bullishly buying any Staples just yet. But should companies like Coca-Cola and Pepsi fall something in the realm of about 20% this year, um, I would be looking bullishly on that. Say companies like Procter & Gamble fall below below uh, 125, for instance. Uh, Procter & Gamble is still at 140 now. So I'm just like looking at for about 20% discounts on uh, consumer staples. Um, and I think that there's, there's, uh, there's a buyer there. So... <clears throat> Um, a few things to also watch out. You can see that the tail in the U.S. is really a tail of two sides. Uh, a lot of cybersecurity names really benefited very well, and their earnings can show it. Palo Alto Networks gaps up from about low 160s towards 190s. More importantly, this is rising from about 130s. This has been a rally of about more than 50% and still continuing. I'm not sure if it will rally back towards 210 um, but this is something to watch for, um, something to look at in your earnings place. Um, I don't have it. I think that it's expensive, but it's expensive for a reason. Companies like Palo Alto Networks for solar trading at very strong movements after their earnings numbers. Worth in your watch list if you're long side, um, but just be cautious on the valuations. As I said, I've been um, I've, I'm bullish on commodities. So in the U.S., I'm mixed. I'm bearish on the spy, but I'm actually bullish on certain names in the U.S. that are listed in the commodity or uh, minerals-related sector. Here, I'm gonna show you a few names. Year to date, you're seeing Freeport McMoran up 12, Tech Resources up 10, BHP Rio Valle up 441. BHP Rio Valle happens to also be, uh, be very huge cash dividend players. I actually like them. Um, in terms of gold mining, um, I'm looking at Newmont Gold. In terms of silver, I'm looking at PAAS or Pan American Silver. Um, I'm not quite sure if gold and silver are going to be resilient. But um, so far, in terms of inflationary hedges, I think there are a few people, um, not necessarily a majority of us, who still believes that precious metals can be a compelling inflationary hedge. Uh, since you cannot actually earn dividends in uh, in uh, in owning the gold and silver coins yourselves or gold bars, um, one way to actually attack earning some dividends would be going through Pan American Silver and Numat Gold. Let me show you a few of these charts. Freeport Macmoran, as I said, we're bullish on copper, tech resources. Um, if my memory is correct, tech resources is uh, coal and iron ore, steel, ganun. bullish moves on them. BHP Group, also bullish on all things mining in Australia, very bullish on Aussie. Aussie, uh, Aussie against dollar, in my view, would uh, go back towards about 70 plus cents. It's currently 66 cents. Uh, let's show to you your Aussie dollar chart here. So in general, I am bullish the dollar, but when it comes to a commodity-centric country like Aussie, I'm of the view that this is a neutral to bullish phase. So I'm, I'm neutral to bullish on commodities. Uh, so Aussie, I think 66 cents has a buyer. Somewhere at about 72, 75 cents, there are some selling pressure here. But generally speaking, as I said, I'm bullish on Aussie, I'm bullish on BHP. Whether you're buying BHP Group in uh, Aussie, 
or uh, Aussie dollars, or you're buying uh, BHP in um, in the U.S. New York Stock Exchange. I think that both are compelling. So these areas, 60 to 65, you can see the very strong bullish characteristic of BHP. Um, BHP, Rio, Tinto, and Vale. Okay, Val, uh, Vale. Yep. So yeah, these are in my buy ideas. In terms of like shale-related names, we've seen how companies that have only relied upon uh, shale companies, uh, shale companies are uh, a mixture. Some are just natural gas names. Some are just oil and gas names, fracking. So we're seeing actually a very strong drop on many oil names, some in particular due to profit-taking. Let's take a look on some of the movements here. Uh, some have been very strong. Some caught up like British Petroleum. You can see that British Petroleum is... Uh, trading near their 52-week um, highs here. You can see Royal Dutch Cell also uh, advancing, 64 bucks, also strong. ExxonMobil still trading at all-time highs. A lot of people ask me if they can enter ExxonMobil. It's very hard for me to know uh, if there if this will give any pullbacks towards 105 or 100 dollars. I would recommend buying at near hundreds, but currently it's 111. It's something to watch, um, but. I'm a secular bull play so far on oil and gas names. Uh, our fundamental metrics tells us that there's a strong shortage in oil and gas. So any dips on the oil and gas commodity sector, uh, we're, we're bulls on these territories. Whether we get 100 or 95 or 90 remains a question, but it's, uh, it's something to look at. Chevron also, nice pullback. There was a strong buyback program, so I'm willing to uh, nibble from 160s all the way to 130s. Something to watch for Chevron Corporation. Sandridge Energy, this is a very small name. We're seeing some uh, some dip buying here at about 14 area. Not so sure if this will rally, but so far it's just been trading in a range, 14 to 21. We'll see if 14 is a, a strong enough support. Or will it break further toward 1250? But I think like the 1250 area is also a strong support for Sandridge Energy. SM Energy company here at about 30s, 29s looks set support for looks supportive action for me for some energy names. Um, I also have to say that I am not a very strong investor. However, learning from Warren Buffett, he does say that, well, he, do, he doesn't really say this outright. But uh, obviously, one of the very um, pro profitable and powerful companies that he held all the way, I think he bought it 1988 or 1989, was it? Something like that. Companies with constant demand and very real revenues, dividend history, those are the ones he wanted to buy and hold. So it's no-brainer why he loves Coca-Cola. It's not a no-brainer why he has been holding that for more than... Uh, 30 years now. So you can see that look at Warren Buffett. If you want to learn, don't ask me. Uh, study Warren Buffett's letters. Go to his letters. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway, he publishes all of them. Um, he's proven it with so many decades. Um, so far, like for Coca-Cola, his investment was $1.5 billion. Just last year, he got $700 million dividends last year because this company kept growing their cash flows and paid a portion of it in terms of dividends per share all throughout those past 30 plus years, making Coca-Cola, yes, as part of that dividend aristocrat or dividend nobility in the S&P 500. Um, I wouldn't buy Coca-Cola though at $60, but if I could enter Coca-Cola near 50 or 55, I would assume that there are specific buyers here again. 
it's actually just sleeping here at 60. I don't think that it's um gonna move much. But there's a lot of support here at 55 and more so here at 50 bucks for your Coca-Cola. Just something to watch for those who are um, looking for ideas in the U.S. market. Um, yeah, let's um, let's uh, let's tackle a few things, guys. Um, a few things to note. Um, we said that the SPY 3.9 is actually holding so far. Uh, we're generally bearish in the index, a few things in the index. I think that the index right now so far is consolidating. We note that 3.9 is holding, so this could be a short-term support uh, tonight or the next few days. But as long as we are trading below 4.1, this could be a tug-of-war between the bulls and the bears. Be aware of which stocks you're buying and be aware of which stocks you're selling. I think that you're going to have a lot of uh, tug-of-war. So um, some buyers will wait at 3.8, some will wait at about 3.6, 3.7. It remains to be seen if we're going to fall that low. Something to watch out, I've been saying that um, some names that I'm quite bullish upon is actually Palantir. So Palantir, we are bulls here. Um, this company uh, reported good numbers here from 7. It rallied straight towards 10. Retest back here at about $7 area, 7 to 8. Uh, looking to buy between 7 to 8. Uh, even as low as six, uh, if ever we get an entry point. Um, movements in uh, some companies that I do have entry points are Square. Uh, very good earnings as well here. Managed to, um, you, you can read the earnings yourselves, guys. But uh, basically for Square, uh, seeing a higher low play here. Uh, looks, at, looks at the uh, uh, trading range between 50 to 100 so far. I'm bullish at about 70. Uh, I think that 65, 60 is also a very good area to nibble if there will be an entry point. Um, but um, resistances so far still uh, remains here at about 95 to 100 for your square. Um, you've got companies reporting. Uh, what what can I say about the companies reporting? It's been a mixed report uh, for Square uh, and Palantir and uh uh, that's good. Square and Palantir did well. Palo Alto Networks did well. First Solar did well. I don't have First Solar. You can see that this has been going up, up in a way. Felt it was expensive, so I don't have it. But this bodes very well for the U.S. Uh, solar uh, place. But uh, it's been mixed, actually. Like for companies like Enphase, even after good earnings, people sold it off. So I'm still not sure if Enphase is really going to get bought or, uh, or continuously get sold. Still not sure what's um I think Solar Edge also did well, but it's just sleeping here. I don't have any solar place as of the moment. I'm just gonna show you how the sector is moving right now. Sunrun is sleeping here at about 23s. Your Canadian solar um is trading um bullishly. Uh your tan is actually um bullish. Um I tried to sell, then I need to cover, I close it already. Looks actually quite bullish to me. Uh, the setup of solar still remains in the neutral to bullish mode. A lot of your uranium plays are actually still bullish in my view. Um, a lot of your commodities are still either neutral or mildly bullish. That's Eura. This is uranium. Um, this is your CCJ. So Chemical J is still actually very strong, well off the 20s, and still trading near the resistance ranges of 20 to 30s. Um, on the bear side, I'm really bearish on a lot of your big tech. I'll be honest. Apple looks like a bearish slide to me. Uh, couldn't break above 155. Looks like uh, Apple could go 140s or 135s. 
we can see um, your big tech names. So Apple, Microsoft, um, bearish on my uh, on my readings. Looks like Microsoft, Apple are actually on the downside. Some of your uh, big tech uh, have leeway to fall first, either retest 220 lows or even go lower. Uh, Tesla had an investor day, also bearish on that move. Um, <clears throat> so far, it's just uh, consolidating here at 190. You could still go 200, but I think that there are a lot of sellers here already at about 200 to 220. Looks to actually consolidate either 170s or 160s or 150s. Um, I'm looking bullishly here if it's going to fall below 150, but here at about 190s and 200s, I'm hesitant. I think this is more of a still sell on news uh, events on Tesla. Um, so Microsoft bearish. Netflix is also bearish for me. You're seeing a lot of big tech actually fall south, uh, but maybe there will be some buyers here at about 250s. But still, you can see some sell-offs further for your Netflix um, lots of sell-offs happening in your big tech. So your queues are actually dropping hard uh, from a high of 313, dropping to 93. Looks like it's going to be a trading range for your queues. Looks like a lot of buying action almost here about 280s or 260s though. So just watch out. Don't be too bearish, but don't be bullish either. This this looks to me uh, more like we're still in a chop fest for the, for the I think for March. Um, so January was bullish. February was bearish, um, mild bear. It's not so bear, mild bear. Um, March looks to still be a continuation of bearish for the U.S. action. Um, but in terms of bearishness, um, we haven't really seen uh, a momentum bear yet for, for U.S. So we'll see whether March is going to be momentum bear or is it just choppy and mild bear. So far, um, there are two scenarios. We could just chop up and down or we can actually break down. So we'll, we have to be very, very cautious when it comes to the U.S. tech, tech, tech names, <clears throat> especially like the likes of Apple, Tesla, um, even uh, Google and Amazon. So, so far, Google has found some signs of support, but not sure. Uh, it can still retest 85 here. We're seeing um, Amazon. So this fell off uh, all the way from 150, now trading at about 90. Not sure if we're getting some supportive action at 88 or uh, will it retest 80. Still not supportive of the valuations here for Amazon. So um, I'm technically just... Um, going um going avoid for these names so far still avoiding the tech sector in general the big tech um growth names have been lackluster <coughs> sorry mm -hmm. growth names have been lackluster as a whole looks like arc has been topish trading here at about 45 it could fall back not sure if it's gonna go 29, but a lot of their name and name a lot of their picks are actually not doing well. Names like Coinbase are actually not doing well. So I'm actually bearish on Coinbase. Looks like it's gonna fall backwards 40. Um, not bullish on names like Zoom. Uh, Zoom got sold down at 90s and 80s. Now 70s could fall back towards 60s. So not bullish either on that. Um, yeah, so U.S. is actually a tale of mixed reports. Uh, of course, a lot of your small caps have been killed and uh, hitting the bankruptcy levels. Names like Carvana already hitting the centavos. Well, it's not yet centavos, but basically trading pennies. Same for Bed Bath & Beyond, trading pennies and bankruptcies. Same for your uh, Warby Parker, uh, trading like pennies. Uh, well, not yet pennies, but looks to hit new lows. Um 
yeah, in general, like there's a lot of um, stocks that you have to avoid in the U.S. A lot of your biotech uh, getting traded as penny stocks, right? So, um, yeah, very massive drops in a lot of your biotech names, a lot of your healthcare names. Uh, the world is actually avoiding a lot of them. You could see Novavax falling south all the way to new lows. Uh, these are just new lows and new lows all the way. Um, Moderna, uh, we gave some shorts on Moderna and uh, Novavax. It's just been going down, down all the way. So this short has done pretty well. Um, 206 now trading 137. Uh, Enphase shorts actually did initially well. Uh, we shorted Enphase at about 300 and 270. I'm not so sure though at about 200 on whether it falls 160. Sometimes when a short does well, I don't know if it's going to go all the way down, but uh, the Moderna shorts did well. The Enfe shorts did well. Um, we've got a lot of shorts on the big tech. So Apple, Tesla, NVIDIA hasn't fallen yet. NVIDIA is still strong, but uh, we're looking to be, uh, we're still shorting this at about 240 above. So um, yeah, so still actually bearish on any higher highs or higher moves on uh, NVIDIA. There will be an investor day for NVIDIA on March 6th. So just watch out before um, shorting or if you are if you're gonna short just be careful on potential squeezes further towards 250s or 260s um i'm ready if in case uh, nvidia actually tries to trade near near 250s or breaks down we'll see um yeah so generally bullish on china um so far generally bearish on um, some big tech uh a slew of uh, a slew of big tech earnings yeah bearish on that there's been a lot of volatility happening on AI stocks. Uh, AI, I think, is up 20% tonight, but uh, still bearish on these names. But I, I don't have shorts on C3 AI. I think it's 20% up after hours. Um, I think it's opening about 25. Could even rally 29, but basically not a believer so much on these types of names. Baidu seems uh, consolidating very, very strongly. Um, possibly uh, AI hype. Possibly some Chinese uh, buyers or Chinese flows. Uh, very scared on AI, honestly, uh, on the hype, on the hype on AI. But so far, the market seems very complacent when it comes to AI memes. Uh, for AI, I'd rather just uh, get Palantir. Um, <clears throat> I'm not really confident in all these chat GPT and Ernie bots of Baidu. Um yeah, and, and the sector to me looks topish as well, even for Baidu. Uh, topish area here about 165. They reported earnings, they have buyback programs, but I don't know if uh, that's actually good given that they've rallied already here about 160, unless they're planning to make buybacks below 100. So it's, it's a question mark to me. Meta, of course, uh, Meta actually uh, benefited recently because of uh, news on some TikTok bans. So far, uh, it's been holding above this gap fill. Uh, looks to be in a trading range for Meta. But what happened to Meta is actually just basically trade back towards the prior uh, highs and lows. There's been a huge trading range before from 150s to 200s. We might see Meta trade between 150 to 200 areas. So think that this one is more of a consolidation for Meta rather than an outright sell-off. Um, I'm seeing that the banks are generally a mixed picture as well. Goldman Sachs dropping, but actually uh, names like Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, um, pretty much still strong, no? Pretty much still strong for JP Morgan. Uh, Bank of America in the neutral zone. Uh, very strong names still happening on your reopening themes like Airbnb. 
Uh, I'm bearish on it because of the valuation, but it seems like there are so many bulls that are willing to get Airbnb as well if it falls down anytime here at about $100 or 80s, especially 80s. So um, I'm, I'm, I think for reopening themes like Airbnb, uh, we're, we're neutral here. There's been a really strong set on a few uh, companies like, uh, I don't really trade this, but uh, something to watch also. Uh, some burgers, you know, Red Robin Gourmet Burgers did well. Shake Shack seems to be doing pretty well this year. Um, we're seeing some sectors in the restaurants uh, manage to hold up their their higher lows pretty pretty well, uh, despite this uh, consumer discretionary fears of uh, less consumer spending. Um, so far, that's why we have a choppy market. We haven't really seen a very very strong data. To, uh, to suggest that um, that uh, there, there's a really strong case for a big sell-off. Um, I mean, the the earnings were very bad on companies like, if you're asking me, like companies like Apple, companies like Amazon, those were really bad numbers. But uh, some names actually did well, so it's a it's a mixed it's a mixed report. Uh, we're seeing consumer spending die a bit, so we saw on a small sell-off here. Not sure if it's going to consolidate all the way. Uh, I mean, drop back towards 190s or 180s or just consolidate here. Still still watching all these payment move, movements. Same for MasterCard. You're seeing some slowdown on travel, uh, so cross-border spending. So actually, if you're going to ask me, I'm of the view that these, uh, these movements on Booking.com or Airbnb, this might be too topish for, for my taste. Booking and Airbnb, in my view, are mostly sells on rallies. Uh, E-commerce are also sell on rallies. Etsy Corp has been on a sell-off. You can see a very strong downtrend now happening for Etsy. So 150s, 140s, 130s selling off on, on companies in the e-commerce space. Uh, Farfetch really did very, very badly here. Um, haven't... Um, I'm not sure though if uh, is is all the bad news pricing for sorry not that uh, for for that's for for Farfetch I think it's new lows already so basically I'm not really looking at retail sector as of the moment or if I'm looking at retail mostly I'm on the bear side like selling off some Nike selling off some Lululemon here at about three twenties and three thirties um, selling off some Adidas. Um, yeah, so in general, I think like there are good sales for Gap. These are sell orders for me. American uh, Outfitters, Abercrombie & Fitch, um, looking to be a seller on these types of movements. Um, high flyers like Crocs, I'm on the watch. Um, I'm not a seller, but I'm looking at how it will be because this is a very strong run-up. Very good numbers and very strong acquisitions for Crocs, though. So this might actually be... Still a strong mover, hitting even all-time highs. Uh, one of those really, really strong movers. Crocs, Elf, these are really the strong movers of, uh, of US uh, in the long space. Crocs, Elf, um, you've got Wingstop actually very strong here. I'm not sure if it will continue or will this stop. Uh, so this one, I'm watching it. Uh, I don't have shorts yet, but yeah, I'm watching these types of names. Not bullish because of the valuation, but I'm not bearish either if they're doing well in their earnings fronts, right? So <clears throat> I, I think it's, it's really a tale of uh, a tale of two things. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mentioned to you um, the companies that I'm bullish upon, companies that I'm bearish upon. 
up to you how to judge um yeah chinese names i'm bullish um been buying some alibaba been buying a few chinese cars here i'll tell you which names i got uh bought some byds here so 220s thinks this is a range maybe in the short term um this is uh bullish for me expand here about nine bucks uh bought at nine um neo is uh recovering at nine but this is really ugly after the earnings report so far uh, at least it's just holding it's uh it hit the all-time low trying to buy it for just the ev china pump neo expav lee auto is really doing fine uh lee auto has been in a higher low here so lee auto has done better lee and dyd uh geely has also been pretty okay so geely i also try to enter in hong kong yeah, so those are just a, a list of a few buys. So I'm actually going to share to you a few things. So my portfolio, I have some cash. Uh, I'm ready to nibble a few more names in China next week if we get entries. So I've been uh, probing on some Alibaba longs. I'm probing on some JD longs. Uh, I have some Neo NeoXPEV in my other portfolio. I have Li Auto. I have Geely. I have BYD. I'm shorting NVIDIA. Um, I'm, I'm going to be careful here if this rallies to 45s or 250s. Um, yeah, careful on NVIDIA, but I think it's very expensive, trading at 100 times free cash flows. Um, I'll be careful on the U.S. because um, we're at 3.9. We're at so the indices right now are in the choppy phase. Um, it's not low enough. Uh, so it rallied from 3.9 to about 4,000. Uh, I think that we have a chance to short uh, near 4.1, uh, 4.1 or 4.150 SPY if we ever return back up. So, yun, um, lots of uh, trades to make, uh, but the trades to make are really on a trading uh, trading perspective in my, uh, I mean, short-term perspective. I think that um, rallies on SPY near 4.1 would be very attractive to make. Um, if we rally 4,050 tonight, that would be, uh, something that I'll watch for some selling pressure. Um, bearish generally on big caps, so I'll be looking at those names like Tesla, NVIDIA, Apple, Microsoft uh, for some selling action on certain levels like sell action on Apple at 155, sell action on Tesla at about near 220s. Uh, so selling spreads, selling credits on them. Yeah, um, I expect some spy action to be sold near 4.1 and I would act on it. Yeah, and so I think like you just have to be generally aware of certain levels um, and be more broad when you have views. So you could be bearish on U.S. tech, but bullish on Chinese, com Chinese commodities or Chinese tech or Australian commodities. I think that doesn't um, uh, that's that's a good way to diversify your portfolios. And um, yeah, hope that my ideas helped you out. And it's a uh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap for Friday, March 3, 2023. See you again soon. And let's, uh, I might not make a video next week, though. I'll see you on March 17. Um, I, I have something to do next week. So that's it. Bye-bye.